What kind of vehicles do elves drive? They drive minivans. <laughs> also acceptable, Toyotas. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is sustainability, a clean green world, and to take a nap. Mostly the nap part. That's really what I want. Of course, I want the other stuff too, but I'm definitely leaning more towards a nap. Welcome to the Realistic Sustainability Podcast, a guide to greening your life. Each week, we will explore sustainability concepts and what we can do to reduce our family's carbon footprint while growing our positive footprint. This show supports step-by-step -step progress without those extreme jump-all-in measures. So join us on Anchor or your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Starting Sustainability. I'm your host, Kaylin Chenoweth, and this is the first episode in a series all about Christmas and doing it in a sustainable manner. That's right. It's the most eco-focused time of the year. But first, let's catch up with Kaylin. And oh my gosh, there is so much to catch up on. A couple of episodes ago, I mentioned that I bought Kitsch shampoo and conditioner bars. Well, guess what? They came in the mail, and I opened the box. They are fragrant. I mean, really fragrant. It was a very strong powder and rose smell. Reminded me of how grandma smells, except ridiculously strong. I opened the box in my kitchen, and my husband and son were gagging out in the living room. If you like the rose and powder combo fragrance, then these are the shampoo and conditioner bars for you. However, it's not really my scent of choice. I even left the box open for it to air out for three days. And after the third day, I requested a return label. Unfortunately, they only have one shampoo and conditioner bar set with no other scents to choose from. So I had to return it and I was unable to support their business. They do offer affiliate marketing, which is why I was initially excited because I was going to get Sustainer Nation a discount code. But alas, it was not a good product and I'm not comfortable giving you a discount code for something that I personally don't like myself. Oh yeah, and I wanted to tell you guys about this embarrassing moment that I had. I went to the grocery store and somehow forgot the produce bags. I remembered the grocery bags, but not the produce bags. And I had to buy apples and oranges individually. <laughs> the cashier was not happy to have them rolling all around all over the conveyor belt. Even though I did save the planet by not using the plastic produce bags that they had readily available, I did feel really bad because I successfully made the cashier's job a whole lot harder. It was very embarrassing. But I won't be forgetting the produce bags anymore, or at least for a while. I also bought four glasses at Goodwill because ours have slowly broken over time and we were down to three, which was getting really annoying to hand wash them multiple times throughout the day. And let me tell you, there are so many glasses, drinking glasses at Goodwill. It was very apparent that these would come in a set of four and one of them broke and then the other three were now donated because they were viewed as no good for some reason. They were all there in sets of three. So I got one of each. I got four very different glasses. But to be honest, I really enjoy having glasses that look different from one another. It's so much easier to remember which one is mine. Also, I noticed at Goodwill that there was a ton of gift bags, baskets, and Christmas tins. All excellent ways to sustainably wrap your gifts this year. 
My family does a gift exchange every year, and this year the theme is a night in, and there are so many ways to go about that. You could do a stay-at-home date night or a spa night or even a night in Italy, complete with Italian music, Italian movie, Italian wine, spaghetti sauce, Italian dessert. Ooh, or you could even have a play on words like a knight in shining armor. With the help of my sister Dawn, we did implement a rule of sustainable wrapping only this year. We wanted the goal to be for after the gift exchange was done, there would be zero waste. All wrapping would be saved and used again next year. Items that counted would be gift bags, same from last year, can now be used. Newspaper can be used, decorative tins, cloth wrapping, cloth bags, bandanas, newspapers. You get the gist of it. On November 20th, just a couple weeks ago, we launched our merchandise. Go to the Starting Sustainability Facebook page to check it out. We have lots of really cool things like cloth drawstring gift bags, makeup wipe removers, washcloths, baby bibs, gnomes, stuffed animals, dog toys, and so much more. All of these were made from donated cloth and fabrics that would have gone to the landfill. Amanda handmade all of these items. Going forward, we're going to add on customs, meaning we will have the item that can be made on display on the Facebook page, not the group, the Facebook page. And if you want something specific, let Amanda know and she can whip it right up for you. If you have beautiful dining room curtains and you want, for example, green cloth napkins to match, then reach out to Amanda and she can show you the available fabric that we have and make some just for you. Do you want gift bags of a certain size or color? Again, Amanda can make that happen. If you have a fun pair of socks that you want turned into the most adorable puppy dog, guess what? Amanda's got you covered. It's super easy. Just go to the Facebook page and leave a comment or PM me. Remember, the Facebook group is for discussion and the Facebook page is for business. Some things like new podcast episode announcements will be on the Facebook page. And the reason for this change is because if I post stuff on the page and I post the same stuff on the group, Then if you follow the page and you're a member of the group, it's going to appear twice and be annoying. Please be sure to follow the Facebook page to get the latest news and information from Starting Sustainability. How was my Thanksgiving? Oh, thank you for asking. Well, it ended up getting canceled last minute. We hung out with our neighbor on Friday night, and on Saturday, he had symptoms. Five days after that was Thanksgiving Day, and he texted us and told us that he had tested positive for COVID. We did not have any signs or symptoms, but we also wanted to be safe because it's better to have a Zoom's giving than an ICU Christmas. So we made the call that morning to not go and meet up with my family, which was really, really tough because I really wanted to see everybody. Instead, we ate salad and rolls at every meal for the next five days because that's what I was bringing. I did make homemade granola and my husband smoked a turkey on the smoker. And after we ate it, I saved the carcass and made a stock. I also threw in the collection of veggie scraps that I saved in the freezer. The stock turned out really well. However, I realized that I do not have enough glass jars or silicone storage bags. We will continue to save glass jars from bought grocery items as we get them, but the silicone storage bags have been added to my Christmas wish list. My husband did take the entire week of Thanksgiving off of work to go hunting every single day. Did it pay off? No, nothing yet. (laughs) We'll keep praying for him. Black Friday came, and I did restrain myself. I really only had two big purchases that I wanted to make, and I looked them up the week before Thanksgiving and then thought to myself, no, don't buy them yet, wait until Black Friday. 
Then Black Friday came, and those items, one from Amazon and one from Ikea, were both more expensive on Black Friday. I noticed they did have a bigger markup on the original price to make it look more like a deal. Scam alert! Scam alert! Black Friday is a scam. I did, however, make one unplanned purchase on Black Friday. Thank you, Facebook ads. (laughs) I resisted fairly well, but this one was a true deal. It was the Leaf Razor. Brand new, this sucker is like 80-some bucks. But on Black Friday, it was 20% off site-wide and on sale for $67. Still very expensive for a safety razor. But I've had zero luck when it comes to safety razors, and I've been saving money and wanting this one for a long time. So I went ahead and splurged. I have heard so many good things about the Leaf Razor, and I'm very excited to try it. I did look into it, and there is not an affiliate marketing program for this, so I won't be able to get you guys a discount either. Wah, wah. And it said it would take six weeks to get here. That is quite the wait. I hope it's worth it. Anyways, that is my Christmas gift to myself. I'll just have to wait until after Christmas to get it. Speaking of Christmas, my husband is on call the entire week of Christmas. We've always gone to my in-laws in Texas for Christmas, and now we're going to have to do it here in Indiana. And that's fine, but now I have to figure out how to do Christmas, because we always went to my in-laws, and they would do all of the shopping and make the food and the cookies, hang the stockings and fill them. Yeah, sure, we put a tree up at our house, but that was it. (laughs) Now i got to figure out stockings and presents and making cookies and Christmas dinner. I think I'm going to go the Macaulay Culkin route from Home Alone and just make macaroni. By the way, I had to Google Macaulay Culkin to figure out how to spell his name. That guy has seven siblings. I didn't even know that. Also, before I forget, I want to welcome all the new listeners. If you haven't had a chance yet, I want to remind you to subscribe, like, give a five-star rating to the Starting Sustainability Podcast. Even if you've been listening for a while, go ahead and subscribe, like, and give a rating. Because by doing this, it boosts the rating in Apple Podcasts and iTunes to where it is so much easier for others to find this podcast. That is a very simple way that you can help spread the information of sustainability by making it easier for others to access the information. So, because I get the added fun of figuring out our own family's Christmas this year, I was inspired to reflect on Christmas of years past and created this episode of 100 Years of Christmas, analyzing and cross-comparing what was done back then to now, and examining how we can get back to this simple life where Christmas was a magical time of the year and not stressful and overwhelming. Back in the 1920s, it was the Roaring Twenties when the stock market was high. The 1930s, we hit the Great Depression. The 1940s was the war era. The 50s and the 60s, more and more plastic was becoming popular and toys were shifting from wood, rope, and metal to plastic versions. Now, many toys are electronic and plastic, cheaply made at that, and unrepairable too, so you are forced to go buy more. Comparing Christmas from back then to now, you can see the increasing gluttony, insanity, and stress of Christmas. How's Christmas going to be this year with COVID-19 going around? So many families had a loss of income and are still hurting. Have conversations with your families, friends, and loved ones. If you are in a tough position, they are most likely in a tough position too, financially speaking. You do not have to go around this charade and facade of Christmas. Now is the time to adjust Christmas. Instead of buying gifts for everyone, implement a gift exchange so only one gift is being purchased. Christmas is financially tough every year, especially this year with so many families struggling. Don't be foolish. 
Just because January 1st, 2021 comes rolling in doesn't mean the virus will disappear. That is not how viruses work. They do not abide by a calendar year. Be smart this Christmas season. There's so many other ways to save money at Christmas time, and they're sustainable too. That is why we're taking a look back at the last 100 years of Christmas to get reminders on how it used to be and what it needs to return to. I got a bright idea to interview my parents to reflect back on Christmas of yesteryear. All I did was tell them I wanted to interview them about their Christmas experience as kids. Mom had one sister, a dad who was in the Navy and gone most of the time, and she was raised by her mom in government housing in Buffalo, New York. Dad had two older brothers and lived on a farm near Grand Rapids, Michigan, with a stay-at-home mom, and his dad ran a service station. Let's listen in on my interview with my parents. Hello, everybody. I have my very own mom and dad on the phone with me. Can you say hello? Hello, everyone. (laughs) This is Jack Duncan and Shirley Duncan. Dad was born in 1940 and mom was born in 1942. So that would be coming out of the Great Depression of the 30s and then hitting the war era where many items were rationed. Many factories stopped making cosmetic items like nylon stockings. That's when shaving your legs became a thing. And they switched to the necessities of war. So I thought it'd be very interesting to interview mom and dad to see what Christmas was like when they were children. Mom, dad, you said you made a list. Yeah, mom can go first. (laughs) What did you want to know about the tree or our gifts or what? All of it. Okay. I will say our tree had plastic ornaments on the bottom because we had a dog and a cat. Dad, could you close that door so we don't have to hear the dogs barking in the podcast? <laughs> What's would, wrong with our dogs? <laughs> we would make paper chains in school to put around the trees. You would make Christmas. what? A daisy chain? What's that? Paper. The little grips. You hook them together. Okay. Okay. Christmas lights. Back then, if one light went out, all of them went out. The whole string. So you had to manually get a new bulb and unscrew and screw in a test bulb until you found the bad one. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, So that's a new improvement now. When it came to the Christmas stocking, usually you had an orange and an apple, some hard nuts, and maybe one small gift and a candy cane. That was it. As far as gifts under the tree, usually amounted to about maybe three or four. You could pretty much count on getting... Flannel pajamas, underwear, and socks. The good thing is, I had one grandmother who always bought my sister and I one really nice outfit. So at least we got one really nice thing for Christmas. When it came to unwrapping presents, we had to do it one at a time, very carefully, so we could save the wrapping paper for next year. Was it held together with tape, or did you do ribbon and twine? I think we had tape then. Scott's tape. Yep, Scott's tape. Around the base of the tree, we did have a small train until my dad sold the train. (laughs) We didn't have it anymore. My mother, Christmas dinner was usually, uh, you know, a baked ham, baked potato, something to shove in the oven and forget about it for a while. I do remember gifts, a few of them. (laughs) I remember one year, unwrapped the present and found out the cat had peed on it. Oh, my (laughs) The item inside really smelled bad. (laughs) 
Do you even remember the item? You just remember it smelled like cat pee. I think it was a sweater or a shirt or something. I might have been 10 or 11. And my mother said, this is the last doll you get. I said, okay. I picked it up and the doll's leg fell off. Oh. <laughs> so much for my last doll. It lost its last leg before I ever got to play with it. And quite often we would get maybe one gift that was sort of like a family gift that my sister and I would sort of share. I think that's pretty much it for actual Christmas. Now, Dad will tell you about his, unless you have questions. Well, let's go ahead and hear Dad's, and then I'll ask questions that you can both answer. (laughs) We always had real Christmas trees. Usually they were scotch pine, and Dad would bring them home. And when we had the farm, he'd cut them down from the farm. So we had our own trees that way. And then I remember as a teenager, they came out with ornamental trees and we got a beautiful white artificial tree. And we had one of those color wheels Oh yeah. where it would show different colors on the tree at night when it was darker. So, but we had light bulbs, ornaments. Were the lights, were they all white lights or were they multicolored lights? Because you said you had that color wheel. So I'm wondering if that came out before the multicolor lights did. Oh, well... With a white tree, there were no lights, just the color wheel. So that was special. That that was the first of an artificial tree. So your tree could be red or blue or green or whatever color wheel came up. But up until that time, we had a real Christmas tree with lights. Always had to try to have an angel on the very top of the tree. Mom was talking about gifts. Mm -hmm. We had a train room or a recreation room or hobbies. And we had a neat train set there that would go around the whole length of the room, like about a 10 by 12 room. And then the ceiling, we'd have airplanes that my brothers made. They always put airplanes together and put them up there. And thought that was real neat because we'd always get stuff for our train set each year. One year I got an erector set and it made me into be a mechanic, I guess, which was an utter <laughs> failure. But anyway... <laughs> Had Lincoln logs. I love playing with Lincoln logs. You know, as for our own kids, look for Lincoln logs, and they're hard to find now. Back then, they were popular. I think nowadays everything is Legos. Yeah, yeah, this was before Legos. They didn't have Legos back then. I remember I got a hobby horse that you could rock back and forth on. One of the things we would do as a trick was we'd get a box and wrap it up, put another box on you know, put a small box inside a larger one and wrap it up. And usually at the very bottom, finally after you unwrapped everything with paper, and we could tear paper off. We weren't told to save it. Uh, I'd have a penny stuck in there for a brother or something like that, some gag gift of some type. We used to get a lot of games. I loved playing a football game and a baseball game. And these were board games. You just do it by yourself. And Try to throw a long pass and hope you complete it. And all these things are gone now with technology. But I thought it was a lot of fun, those games that we had back then. Marbles. Always got marbles because that was a thing growing up at school, playing with marbles. And you'd get little green ones called Peary's. And then the big fat ones were boulders. And they were the prize when you played marbles. Shirley did jacks. I did marbles growing up, basically. Mom loved Jack so much, she married a Jack. 
Yeah. I'm going to ignore that. (laughs) And then every Christmas we'd have to get together and dad would get the floodlights out and it'd be a family Christmas picture that way. And then mom always played piano. So we'd sing Christmas carols as best we could while she played piano. That was a treat. Weren't a good choir, but I remember doing it anyway. (laughs) We'd go shopping downtown, Grand Rapids. Mom wouldn't drive, but she'd take the bus. And we'd shop at the stores like Herposheimer's and Steckety's and Wurstburg's. Those were the three big stores back in that day. I don't think any of those still exist today, do they? No. I think it was a Sears and Roebuck. Oh, well, yeah, but we didn't shop there. (laughs) We had a place where we'd go sledding, so we'd get sled for Christmas quite often. So the sled that I have in my garage, is that your old sled? I think yeah. It could be. Yeah. It's it's wooden with the metal runners. Yeah. 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 That was you should take neat. hard wax, run it up and down the runners to yeah. make them go a little that, faster. That's a neat thing. I did sledding. I was raised in government housing because of the war. There was three thousand families in that housing section. And we would go to the golf course to slug. And Sled. it would probably take you a good twenty minutes to walk it. Because back then, parents never drove you anywhere. If you wanted to go, you walked. You had to walk uphill both ways, barefoot in the snow, right? No, but close. <laughs> you had to walk up that hill. You'd walk up there, and then you'd sled down the hill. Problem was, at the foot of the hill was a live running creek. So if you didn't stop quick enough or roll off, you went in the creek. Ooh. So you, you learn pretty quick how... How to steer it or how to get off the sled and dig it out of the creek. I don't know if there's much more. Like he said, uh, girls played ball and jacks or jump roped or hopscotch. Yeah, let's dive into that. No, we did kickball and marbles were the two things boys did. Remember that. And where the school was is also Madison Park. And so they would flood the park area with ice each year. And so we'd go ice skating at the park. Oh, that's fun. That was fun. It really was. It was cool. So you talked about you had your trees. You guys, for the most part, you had real trees later on when you were teenagers. The artificial tree kind of came in. What did you use to decorate your trees? Mom talked about the paper garland, but what were your ornaments uh, they were glass. They were probably store-bought, but they were fragile. They would break easy. Probably had some homemade, I shouldn't say, I'll say school-made, you know, because schools are always trying to find an art project for the kids. So we probably made some ornaments and with some clay or with paper or whatever. I mean, outside of that, and then tinsel. And I don't see tinsel much anymore, which is good because it's a real pain to clean up afterward. Yeah. (laughs) And sustainability-wise, I don't think it's very good either. I think it's a form of plastic. Dad, what was in your stocking? Mom told us about hers, but what did you have in your stocking growing up? It was mainly like orange, apples, (laughs) fruit. Always be some small gift, a pair of socks or something. Okay. Did you guys ever go to see Santa? Oh, yeah. Every year, growing up, go see Santa, go to one of the department stores. No, we never did. You never did? Oh, well, we did. 
reindeer. Yeah. And they had, they had really good displays in these department stores, too. Yeah, the stores had animated decorations, like oh, they get reindeer moving and Santa. And yeah, I thought that was better then than what we have now. Well, the stores were downtown, and they all had big display windows. So yeah. you could walk down the sidewalk and see display after display after display, which you don't see anymore. Yeah. We used to ride around East Grand Rapids. That was the rich area of Grand Rapids <laughs> in our cars and watch all the Christmas displays there. Look at the tree lights. Look at the tree lights. Uh-huh. Yeah, Mom and I looked at tree lights, didn't we? Our first time doing this, he ran a stop sign and we got hit by his dad's insurance agent. Yeah. Totaled the car. We, we were went flying out the door. This was in the 60s. They didn't really, seatbelts were just starting to come out. And the agent that hit us had a seatbelt on, but we had an older car and it didn't. We were still dating. So we did it all through good. Yeah. (laughs) Went flying out the door. He was on top of me and I'm yelling, get off me. I can't breathe. And he says, well, I can't breathe either. Wait a minute. (laughs) I got the wind knocked out of me. I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the door ended up the door on the driver's no on passenger side, side got stuck on the curb and that stopped the car from coming on top from rolling of us. on top yeah, of us oh wow we were going probably about 30 miles an hour everybody's out looking at christmas tree lights <laughs> we're driving it so well, that's a tradition yeah. that i had growing <laughs> up but that wreck wasn't a tradition oh, yeah <laughs> when you guys were little kids did you make lists Oh, yeah. I made a list for Santa Claus. And you tell Santa. Probably. It probably didn't do me any good. But yeah, I probably made a list. <laughs> so when you guys made lists, did you get the newspaper ads and sit there and write it all down? Or did you just have toys? How did you come up with your lists? Just as things. far as commercials on TV, for one, I remember when we did finally get a TV. It's probably near the later of the 40s. And it was only uh, on from like 10 in the morning to 8 at night. And then it was off. So it wasn't on nonstop. And I don't think there was a lot of advertising on the toys and things like that. Yeah. Our first TV was a, it was an 8-inch months in the UNTZ. <laughs> that dad, <laughs> dad won in a raffle that cost 25 cents <laughs> at the gas station where he worked. And I remember watching boxing every Saturday night and saw, actually saw Joe Lewis, who was a famous boxer, box and beat Jersey Joe Walcott. And that was about 45 or so. It's just when TVs just started coming out. I guess we were inclined to say when it first got to the point where the average person could afford to buy one. They might have been out long before then, but mm-hmm. the average person couldn't afford to buy a TV at that time. Mm-hmm. And you had bug ears. Oh, yeah. Never heard of bug ears. <laughs> the antennas. The antenna. Yes. Because TV would only be in the evenings at first. And then they finally got started with a test pattern. And eventually got TV in the afternoon, too. Yep. But it was probably in the 60s before TV became. Yeah. And an antenna on the roof of the house on the outside yeah. to get more and TV you always programs. Had CBS, NBC, and ABC. Those are the three big stations as they tend to be now. Oh, and I forgot about something about toys. I always loved Tonka trucks. 
Mom talks about the doll with the leg coming off. I yeah. Back then, girls got dolls, boys got trucks. Yeah. You know. But I thought they were neat trucks, and they were they were metal trucks. Were not plastic at all. That was a question I was going to ask about: was the toys that you got the the quality and the materials? It sounds like the quality was better because your sled is still in existence today. And there are plastic sleds available for sale now that won't even make it to the end of the season. They'll break. But you had your metal Tonka truck and mom would have the metal jacks. You had your glass marbles, but those lasted longer with the exception of your doll. I don't know what your doll was made of, but I think that was pretty low quality if the leg fell off. Well, what it turned out is in order to be able to turn the doll's legs, it was the legs were stuffed and then they ran a wire through there. Or you take a piece of wire and you twist it a lot, and eventually it'll break. It might have been a display, you know, where everybody had messed with it. Who knows? But anyway. I cannot say I never played with dolls. But I did get a teddy bear. Remember that? (laughs) At about four or five, and I got this neat teddy bear, and I like that teddy bear. What were some of your other traditions? Did you guys bake cookies, or did you go Christmas caroling? Uh, cookies. Mom would always oh. bake cookies every year. A lot of Christmas cookies. We could decorate them. Did you ever go caroling? Not when we were kids. We did it when we got up here in uh, Indiana and had all these kids. Then we'd all go Christmas caroling. Yeah. <laughs> so I do have another question for when you guys were kids. Black Friday started in 1952. Did your parents participate in that when you guys were kids growing up? I don't. I doubt it. No, no, I didn't know it started back then that far back. It might not have been nationwide. That was just a quick Google search of when it started, but I don't know if that was all around the U.S. or if it was just maybe in select cities or something. And it might not have caught on the way that it's crazy, ridiculous nowadays. Well, that the war didn't end until 1945, and so from what say 45 to 1950. People were still trying to survive. I know my dad at one time worked three jobs in order to make enough money to get back on their feet because the war was over, but there was not much available. So really reach back in time and think really hard, put your thinking caps on. When your parents were kids, that would have put them around 1910, 1920. Do you know what their Christmas was like? Because that would have been like the roaring 20s before the Great Depression. Well, I do know my mother talking about, usually the boys got trucks and the girls got dolls, but there were, uh, they lived in Binghamton, New York, and there was a company called Endicott Johnson. They made shoes. And this company went way out of its way. It helped pay half of everybody's home mortgages. Every year, the boys got a pair of shoes, I think everyday shoes, and the girls got a pair of dress shoes free. They got free. And every girl got a dial and every boy got a truck from the company. And then the company made sure everybody worked so everybody had money to try to live on to get back on their feet. This was just for the employees of their company? Yes. This would have been in the 20s because my mother was born in the 20s because I was born in the 40s. So she was But I I just remember her telling, my mother actually would be upset because she got a doll and she'd rather have the toy car. (laughs) (laughs) They had sleds back then too. They would go sledding. Sleds. Yep. Do you remember much about your parents, dad? Not that way as far as presents. Christmas 
just traditional, I guess. I never really talked about it, to be honest. Do you know what kind of toys they had growing up? Mom was from a family of 11 and raised on a farm up in Park, Michigan. If I remember, she said we each got one present or something like that. I do know back then, you didn't just pick up a box mix and make a cake. <laughs> you made it from scratch. You made everything from scratch. Yeah. And I remember my, my mother had two brothers. My grandmother would make a cake and it was to last two days, two meals, because there was four kids in them. So that six people would eat a half a cake and then the other half the next day. Well, my uncle would come home in the evening and he'd eat part of it. So my grandmother started to hide it. Well, one day she hit it so well, he, oh, he was up for hours trying to find that cake and he never did find it. She hid it inside the ringer washer machine. <laughs> okay, well, let's move forward in time. In 1960, you guys became parents and gave birth to my oldest sister, Tammy. So what did you do for your children in the 1960s? So in the 60s, that would have been Tammy, Scott, Todd, and Dawn. Do you remember what Christmas was like in the 60s for those four? Expensive. Oh, <laughs> oh we always made sure there were plenty of presents <laughs> under the tree. In order to do a fair and square, each kid got so much money. And we would spend maybe like $100 per kid. So if this kid wanted an expensive present, I only got the one present if it chewed up the $100. And if this other kid wanted seven different things that, bear, that just added up to 100, they got seven things. We didn't keep track of how many items. We kept track of how much money we spent on each kid. Okay. They usually got some clothes, a few toys, depending. I, I remember one time we did give Dawn a puppy. She was so excited. <laughs> A puppy's a great gift at yeah. Christmas time. <laughs> what do you do with a puppy afterwards? Just to let you know, I remember Dawn telling me stories about Puppy. She named it Puppy and how she had the best time with that dog. So it was a good gift and she remembered it. Uh, yeah, that's good. what's important. <laughs> did you guys have a real tree in the 60s or did you switch over to artificial trees at that point? Uh, we had a real tree a lot. I think we were back and forth yeah. because Jack is allergic to Christmas trees. The fine smell would get too So me. sometimes we'd have a reel and sometimes we didn't. Okay. More than anything, we've gone more and more to the artificial. And we've also gone from the tall tree to the shorter trees. Because <laughs> the enthusiasm to decorate a tree just isn't there like it used to be. Well, how about in the 1970s? So Michelle was born in 1970. Do you remember what Christmas was like at that time? Probably uh, chaotic, just like all the others. <laughs> okay. But I, I do remember getting this nice toboggan for the kids. Yeah. And that it would fit five kids plus you and I. And I remember we went. And we went to yeah. a golf course or someplace. It wasn't a designated toboggan place. And we're going down the hill, yeah. and the kids are in front of us. Because this, yeah. and as we're going down by this telephone pile, oh. we see this guide wire. Yeah, we're going to chop our heads off. And I remember yelling, <laughs> "Duck!" So everybody ducked. ducked but Michelle, the youngest oh, at that okay. time, was only about two or three, so she was just short enough. That she went under. <laughs> well, <laughs> close call. Close call. <laughs> so is that why I never went tobogganing? <laughs> you guys were done after that? 
Hagen was stolen from us in our backyard. I was so upset. Yeah. Oh. Very expensive toboggan. Somebody went through the backyard at night. Took it. We had sat, leaned it against the house to dry off. And the second house was the corner. So behind us was McDonald's. And so we think some kids working at McDonald's late at night, cut through and helped themselves to our toboggan. We were also near Western Michigan University. Yeah. So, oh, that's what happened to your toboggan that you never got. Some, <laughs> col- some college kids had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. I don't know who. I think we so. Never, never got it back. Well, we'll get back to it. We left the 70s. In 1980s, Rael and I were born, and so I can speak to Christmases that I remember. I was born in 86, so I don't remember a whole lot of the 80s, but I do remember the 90s, and Rael and I would have been in elementary school at that time. I do remember going to stand in line to see Santa. I remember after Thanksgiving, we'd have the Black Friday ads in the newspaper, and mom would hand us the newspaper and say, here, make your Christmas list. We'd flip through and look for toys that we wanted to write down on our Christmas list. That's why I asked that question earlier. And I remember in our stockings, again, we would get fruit, oranges, bananas, nuts. And I remember getting the nut cracker. Like that was the only time that we got the whole nut that we had to crack open. And it was awesome to bust out the nut cracker once a year and sit there Christmas morning and crack open the nuts, of which we were little kids. We weren't that strong. So we pretty much had to make you guys do most of the nut cracking for us. But it was fun. I think we used to throw in uh, those small boxes of cereal. So yes. you would have Christmas before we got up and did Christmas presents. Yeah. I think we put a banana in and a box of cereal. You kids were up at the crack of dawn <laughs> wanting to get started. But yeah. <laughs> so we'd try to get you one present the night before. Yeah, we did start that tradition. We'd get one present the night before. That way it would settle our excitement so that way you guys could sleep in a little bit the next day. But Christmas is always special at our outside thought. For your kids. It sure was. It'll be special for you. Yeah. And I think we have pretty much artificial trees by the time you grew up. We always had artificial trees. And then Rail and I begged you one year, please, 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 can we go get a real tree? And we drove out to Boswell and we found a tree and cut it down ourselves and hauled it home. And we put it up and there was some vine that was growing up around the trunk of the tree up through the tree. And we didn't pay any attention to it. And then all of a sudden, dad had a big rash all over his whole body. And that vine was poison ivy or sumac. It was poison something. And dad had a big allergic reaction to it. So then we went back to the artificial trees after that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we didn't do that again. But it was a nice looking tree. That's why it was still there. Yeah. <laughs> We're saying this year a lot of people are going out and cutting their own tree because they just want to get out. And reestablish tradition. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a big push to go back in time and make Christmas more simple. It's not about spending the most amount of money. It's not about getting the most amount of presents for your kids. It's really more or less about having good quality family time and making memories like making cookies and going Christmas caroling, going to church the night before, opening your stocking and having a 
a Christmas breakfast, having a nice Christmas dinner the evening before, and just going back to the simpler way of life. Now, something that I talked to Dawn about was this year for our Christmas gift exchange. Listeners of the podcast, we have a gigantic family. There's like over 40 members. So I always do a gift exchange. So this year, Dawn and I spoke up to the whole family and said, we have a theme. A theme is a night in, but the catch is you have to wrap it sustainably. Nothing can be thrown away. So you have to do cloth wrapping or reuse a gift bag or do newspaper, but it has to be sustainable wrapping. Mom and dad, what do you guys think of that <laughs> challenge for this year? Told this part. Uh, you don't remember this? Went off. We didn't hear that. No. <laughs> well, I'm telling you about it now. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I think it's unsustainable. Yeah, we got to mail this stuff. Well, whatever you get, you can still put in a sustainable wrapping. You can wrap it up in cloth. You can wrap it in newspaper. You can get a Christmas box or a tin that can be reused. I could order it over the internet and not even worry about over it. Over the internet, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Why are you trying to find the loophole in this? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the podcast, this is real. <laughs> even my own parents are not supportive in the sustainable initiatives I'm trying to pursue. <laughs> we love you anyway <laughs> okay yes we are done at this point thank you both very much for joining in and taking a little ringle dingle in your brains and thinking way back in time and letting us know what christmas used to be like and comparing it throughout the decades to what it's turned into now and hopefully we can get it to be less about gluttony and consumerism and more about traditions and family time and make it less stressful and actually a wonderful time of the year yeah it still is yeah all right well say goodbye to everybody Bye. love you yep. love you too thank you remember my parents are not podcasters they're not professional interviewers <laughs> we had dogs barking in the background my mom kept sneezing and coughing i did my best to edit out what i could but a lot of times she was doing it right when dad was talking so hopefully it didn't hurt yours too much to be honest my parents have yet to find and listen to my podcast. They don't even really understand what a podcast is. I wasn't able to get as much information as I had hoped out of them for the 1920s and 30s. And in their eyes, when they had children in the 60s all the way up until now, it was all a blur. It was just chaos every year. Of course, after we hung up, then we thought of more things. That's how that always happens. Other traditions that we would do in my family would be to get poinsettias every year and go to church for the candlelight service on Christmas Eve. While I had them on the Zoom call, I forgot to ask them about the toy craze, so I did call back later and got more information from them. Do you guys know what I'm talking about toy crazes? Every year there's a hot new Christmas toy that just is sold out, and you can't find it anywhere. I remember this a lot from my childhood. I even remember the movie Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he would run around trying to find the special robot toy just for his kid. Just like that, but in real life. They would sell out of a toy starting on Black Friday, and you'd go around store to store trying to find it because online shopping wasn't a thing yet. <laughs> I asked my parents if they had toy crazes growing up and they said no. I figured so because marketing wasn't the same back then. They do remember the first toy craze being around the 80s and mom remembers the Cabbage Patch doll being a big craze where they sold out and it made the news how people would get trampled and injured fighting over these dolls. And She didn't even really understand why because the dolls were ugly. <laughs> Another thing that we thought of was fruitcakes. 
I don't think those really get passed out anymore, at least not in, in my realm. I don't know if it's still going on in your family, in your culture, but we're not doing that over here. I think it's mostly just cookies at this point. And we have no idea why or when that tradition was even started, but it's pretty much faded away in, in our circle. Comparing the generations in my family, I understand that my grandparents went through the Great Depression and all they wanted to do was have a Christmas for their children. And then when my parents became parents, they wanted better Christmases for my siblings and I. I did notice that there was quite a jump from three presents each that my parents got when they were growing up to the eight of us plus foster kids. So how did my parents do it? My dad was a teacher and my mom did secretarial work part-time. Well, the answer is, in the mid to late 1950s, the first universal credit card came out. And by the 1960s, when my parents were popping out kids left and right, credit cards were a big thing, making it much easier to achieve the American dream. And that right there is how I believe the gluttony of Christmas got started. Because you could get whatever you wanted for your children because you wanted them to have a better Christmas than what you had. You wanted all their dreams to come true and get the latest and the best and the flashiest toys. And it was okay because you could pay for it later. The reality is it's not okay. All it does is put you into a huge financial debt. Which is why so many people on January 1st have a New Year's resolution to get out of debt. (laughs) My weekly challenge for Sustainer Nation is to have a conversation with somebody who is a minimum of 20 years older than you. The older, the better. Parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, neighbors, co-workers, volunteers, people from church, whatever. Learn from them what Christmas used to be like. I've only shared with you today a glimpse of what it was like in my family. I do remember putting a lucky rock in a small box, inside a medium box, inside a large box, inside a really large box, and playing that joke on my sister. Not really sorry, Rail, because it's still funny. But I didn't realize that that was apparently a tradition and that my dad did that to his siblings as well. My mom bought all of us kids socks and underwear for Christmas. One year, she opened the 12-pack of socks and individually wrapped each pair so it looked like we had a whole bunch of presents. Another fun joke that goes in my family. And my absolute favorite story to tell is when my dad bought my mom a box of turtles, the chocolate candy kind. She opened her gift to see the box of chocolate turtles, and then Dad kept insisting that she open the box up and share it with everyone. Mom was reluctant, but did so anyways, only to discover that there were only six turtles left. My dad had eaten half the box before he even wrapped it up to give it to her. (laughs) Remember, you can adjust Christmas to actually be the most wonderful time of the year. Because of coronavirus, I think it will truly be easier to enjoy Christmas this year. Less hustle and bustle. Most major parties are canceled. Gatherings are now small and few and focusing on making memories with loved ones. Because you don't know how much time you have left with them. I've had my own personal losses this year. And I know of four other corona deaths that have affected my family and friends as well. Reduce the stress. Remove the burden. Eliminate the waste. Make more time for family. Next week, we're going to settle the debate on either a real or an artificial Christmas tree. Which one is better? And we're going to discuss tips on creating a Christmas wish list for you and your friends and family. Continue to stay sustainable and have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye!